said approvingly. If they wrap their gum in paper before they put it in there. We sat for a while in the half-light of the swaying car. It was vaguely like a swanky restaurant at that twilight time between meals. We were all lingering, and not quite on purpose. Even the stewardess, I think, had to keep reminding herself why she was there. She and I talked about a young actress I knew, whom she had flown west with two years before. It was in the very lowest time of the Depression, and the young actress kept staring out the window in such an intent way that the stewardess was afraid she was contemplating a leap. It appeared, though, that she was not afraid of poverty, but only of revolution. I know what Mother and I are going to do, she confided to the stewardess. We're coming out to the Yellowstone, and we're just going to live simply till it all blows over. Then we'll come back. They don't kill artists, you know. The proposition pleased me. It conjured up a pretty picture of the actress and her mother being fed by kind Tory bears who brought them honey, and by gentle fawns who fetched extra milk from the does and then lingered near to make pillows for their heads at night. In turn, I told the stewardess about the lawyer and the director who told their plans to father one night in those brave days. If the bonus army conquered Washington, the lawyer had a boat hidden in the Sacramento River, and he was going to row upstream for a few months and then come back, because they always needed lawyers after a revolution to straighten out the legal side. The director had tended more toward defeatism. He had an old suit, shirt, and shoes in waiting. He never did say whether they were his own or whether he got them from the prop department. And he was going to disappear into the crowd. I remember father saying, But they'll look at your hands. They'll know you haven't done manual work for years. And they'll ask for your union card. And I remember how the director's face fell, and how gloomy he was while he ate his dessert, and how funny and puny they sounded to me. Is your father an actor, Miss Brady? asked the stewardess. I've certainly heard the name. At the name Brady, both the men across the aisle looked up, sidewise, that Hollywood look that always seems thrown over one shoulder. Then the young, pale, stocky man unbuttoned his safety strap and stood in the aisle beside us. Are you Cecilia Brady? He demanded accusingly, as if I'd been holding out on him. I thought I recognized you. I'm Wiley White. He could have omitted this, for at the same moment a new voice said, Watch your step, Wiley. And another man brushed by him in the aisle and went forward in the direction of the cockpit. Wiley White started and a little too late called after him defiantly. I only take orders from the pilot. I recognized the kind of pleasantry that goes on between the powers in Hollywood and their satellites. The stewardess reproved him. Not so loud, please. Some of the passengers are asleep. I saw now that the other man across the aisle, the middle-aged Jew, was on his feet also staring with shameless economic lechery after the man who had just gone by, or rather at the back of the man, who gestured sideways with his hand in a sort of farewell as he went out of my sight. I asked the stewardess, is he the assistant pilot? She was unbuckling our belt, about to abandon me to Wiley White. No, that's Mr. Smith. He has the private compartment. The bridal suite, only he has it alone. The assistant pilot is always in uniform. She stood up. I want to find out if we're going to be grounded in Nashville. Wiley White was aghast. 
Why? It's a storm coming up the Mississippi Valley. Does that mean we'll have to stay here all night? If this keeps up. A sudden dip indicated that it would. It tipped wily white into the seat opposite me, shunted the stewardess precipitately down in the direction of the cockpit, and plunked the Jewish man into a sitting position. After the studied, unruffled exclamations of distaste that befitted the air-minded, we settled down. There was an introduction. Miss Brady, Mr. Schwartzer, said Wiley White. He's a great friend of your father's, too. Mr. Schwartzer nodded so vehemently that I could almost hear him saying, It's true. As God is my judge, it's true. He might have said this right out loud at one time in his life but he was obviously a man to whom something had happened. Meeting him was like encountering a friend who has been in a fistfight or collision and got flattened. You stare at your friend and say, what happened to you?